What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Chord Chronicles. And wow. I don't know why I say wow a Wow. Lot. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Change it up a bit. We are changing it up a bit this week because we're not going to have solo segments. And that's kind of different because I've kind of grown used to having, you know, <laughs> one album to throw off on you. <laughs> Maybe. You know, maybe it'd be one of the albums I don't like. <laughs> yeah, this week we both had to listen no. to all four of them. Not that I really minded. No, it, no, it, it's a shorter week in all. You know, in all seriousness, it's a shorter album week. We only have the release date on one of the albums, and the other three that we're going to talk about, besides the one that we know the date for, we just know they came out in June. So I just kind of pieced this together. <laughs> But you know, I th- I think I think I did a pretty good yeah. job. It was random. It was just random. I pulled because we have peek behind the curtain for everyone. We have a list right now of June albums that would normally go on Chord Chron- or off the record. I guess people keep wanting to see Chord Chronicles off the record, but off the record still going to be off the record for a while. Unfortunately, it's just just a little backed up right now. And summer reading programs yeah. going on. So you can talk about that if you want. No, I would rather but, forget about it for yeah. a little while. It's busy, guys. That's that's all I need to say. And we didn't have an actual release for the podcast last week. We were just things too too much was going on. It was Memorial Day, and just just a lot, you know, to process and unpack, and. One good amount, you know, bit of business here. All my vaccinations completed. Full 5G service. And my daughter got her first shot this week. And she's crying about her arm and whining. You'd be nice. (laughs) Oh, I guess if I have to be nice, I will. (laughs) That's my niece. (laughs) But, yeah. So she got her first shot and in what? three weeks we'll be getting her next vaccine or final vaccination and we'll be ready for summer so i'm looking forward to summer lots of changes and we're gonna have to change the way we record the podcast probably but we'll deal with that once we get to it but we're uh, we're gonna be talking about four really good albums this week and i don't think i mentioned it this is week 22 so you know chugging right along not quite in the middle of the year but almost no it's you know charging right 23. up on it <laughs> 23 is it 23 oh because we missed a yeah. week that's why yeah so this is week 23 so yeah so we are we're, we're approaching just right in the middle of the year almost but the first album that we do have to talk about is the only one like i said we have the release date for and it's a terrible date for me. <laughs> I thought of that yesterday. June 6, 1971. The 1971 part, that's okay. June 6 will remain nameless. <laughs> Bad memories. Well, this album is found in a couple ways. I'm going to go ahead and throw that out there. The release that we found is Alan Toussaint, and I believe the album is just Toussaint. I don't think it's Alan Toussaint, self-titled. I've seen that also when I was looking for it, but we also, and, and this and this album is not on Spotify, so that was, you know, a pain in the butt automatically, and I don't know why it's not on Spotify, until I started doing a little bit more research and just just looking at the list of Alan Toussaint albums on Spotify. Every now and then we find some fun stuff here, guys. Okay, you can find this album on Spotify, but it's under a different title, and the songs are in a completely different order, and there's some typos. (laughs) Lovey. (laughs) Like they... I I, I almost want to alert... Spotify, but I want to find out if they're on the actual vinyl like this. Maybe it's a mistype 
from a keystroke. Or, you know, the because it's Louie is one of the songs, and she just mentioned lovey. Well, the one of the U's <laughs> is a V. So, so that was weird. Well, anyway, it's Alan Toussaint, Toussaint, but on Spotify, you can find it as Sweet Touch of Love. You know, that's one of the songs on the album, but it's not one of the major songs on the album, so I don't know. I personally like the setup of the album on YouTube, the way I listen to it, the Alan Toussaint, Toussaint version, because side one of the album are songs with vocals. Side two are just more traditional jazz with no vocals. They're more instrumental oriented. And I like the way he, the way he separated things out like that. You know, he could have went he could have made you know one song like the first song from a whisper to a scream and then thrown one of the instrumental songs in and then just every other one. It would have made the album seem long, I think. And we, and they're good. All even the instrumentals are good. So don't get me wrong. I like I don't know that there's a weak song really on this album. But I'm glad that the way the way I listened to it originally was the way I think he originally intended. Because they're all over the place on this Sweet Touch of Love album on Spotify. I was just glancing at it, just trying to compare, and it's just ridiculous. Now, I'm, I believe I've heard of Alan Toussaint before, but... You know, I'm not just immensely familiar. I, I mean, he's a, what, a New Orleans he is. artist? And, I mean, I don't, I haven't heard a whole lot other than, you know, he's from New Orleans. This is his debut album. I don't know if I mentioned that. And it's like soul, funk. I mean, there are, there is some elements of funk and jazz, I'd say. Maybe a fusion of the three. I don't know if that's his, what his other work is going to be like, or if, you know, if he goes into maybe some gospel or something like that, he could probably do it. I don't know, but he says everything he's, he's going to he do is going to be funky from now on in the song. So I'm hoping because I really like that song. I, I like most of the songs on this. I know, I, I know I said there's not a weak song, but it legitimately like can just put this on. I've put this album on two or three times. And I, I like his cover of Working in a Coal Mine. I remember as a kid that song and just, you know, hearing it on the radio and singing it. Not his version of it. He, what the original is. Um, Lee Dorsey. I don't remember. Yeah, Lee Dorsey. But yeah, I couldn't remember. But Alan I remember Toussaint that. actually wrote it. What's it? Oh, let's see this. That's the twist on it. Choking Kind was kind of an interesting title. So, uh, I, I, you know, it's actually a Waylon Jennings song. So I didn't know that. So I haven't went back and listened to Waylon's version of it, but I want to compare the two because um, I guess the first version of it, it peaked at number eight on country singles chart in 1967. So it's older, you know, not older, but, you know, it was a few years before this song, before he covered it. But, you know, I, I don't really want to point out any of the, the particular songs. And you could point out the personnel, but it's a pretty big list. I mean, Alan Toussaint obviously is the main focus. But if I went through the list, a lot of these guys, you're not going to recognize the name, but they are standout musicians. I mean, even like the guitarist where he throws in some licks on everything is gonna, I do is going to be funky. And... Um, what cast your fate to the wind? That cover of of it, of his, because that's a cover song. I don't, I don't think I mentioned that. As we got Kingston barking over here, what are you barking about? What are you bothered? You liked Alan Toussaint. <laughs> you liked it. You listened to it, and there's even a song called Pickles, and that's his nickname. <laughs> so he liked it, <laughs> but um. That Cast Your Fate to the Wind was excellent. I liked their co his cover of that. But there's not really much more I can add other than giving stars, but I don't want to do that until I hear what you have to say about it. All right. But, um, well, 
I have plenty to say. You know my love for New Orleans and New Orleans music, so I was already partial to Alan Toussaint. I know some of his work, including one song off of this album, and I think he's incredible. I don't know if you know the song Mother-in-Law. He wrote that one too. Not on this album, but it is super fun. Even though I have a great mother-in-law, my husband likes to torment my mom with that song. <laughs> uh, but no, Alan Toussaint is one of the New Orleans greats. Yeah, He's a piano player. Like you said, he's mostly jazz, but he incorporates some funk and soul. That's exactly how I described it as well. Yeah, he's just really good. And not just for his own performances, but also his influence. He wrote a bunch of songs that were covered by other people, like, you know, Working in a Coal Mine. The earlier version, Lee Dorsey's was earlier than this, but Alan Toussaint wrote it. So, kind of like Carole King in that way. He also wrote one of Glenn Campbell's hits, Southern Nights. And he produced a bunch of songs. He produced Lady Marmalade by LaBelle. That's just the tip of the iceberg. So, he's had a big impact on the music industry, even outside of his own performances. Like you said, the album wasn't easy to get, and that surprised me, because he is a big name around New Orleans, and Spotify has everything, except, as we have learned <laughs> in the course of doing this show, Spotify does not have everything. This album was also known as From a Whisper to a Scream, so I looked for that as well. Couldn't find it under that name either. I ended up listening to it on YouTube as well, just as a playlist. That playlist was in a different order as well, but I followed the track list on Wikipedia, and I managed to get all of the songs, except From a Whisper to a Scream, the video on the playlist was, quote, blocked in this country. So I ended up finding a live performance of that one. That one was a little bit underwhelming for me. I think that one was probably the weakest on the album for me. It felt a little bit like filler. But overall, I really enjoyed it as well. Oh, I also had to find an alternate recording of what is success. But it was an album recording just from a different album. So I don't know. This album is kind of all over the place, but... If you can find all of the tracks, do it. I did really enjoy The Choking Kind. It was catchy. And of course, working in a coal mine. Going down, down, down. I can't even say the title without singing that one. I do think this version was just as good as the one that I know best. It's slightly different. You know, but not super different. It's not better than what I would be tempted to call the original, but I think it's as good. You know, but like you said, the whole album was good. You know, Those were the two big standouts for me, but I enjoyed the whole thing. <laughs> as we get puppy dog ears. And I did want to mention just a couple of people on the personnel list. Um, Mary Clayton is another one of the greats from New Orleans gospel singer but she did some backing vocals and i don't know if you noticed but organ and guitar were played by mac Rebinac, who we know by a different name and we have reviewed him before that's dr john <laughs> so that's the last thing i wanted to mention yeah i noticed that i just didn't want to you know i didn't want to highlight just him because like even your the guitarist on this album was excellent. You know, he's just not in, not in every song, unfortunately, but not really because even the songs that don't have guitar, that are you know more of the soulful, I think they're all good. And I wonder how much one of these vinyls goes for because it's so hard <laughs> to find. Yes, but what name would you, you look know, for? <laughs> a Toussaint. Like I would look for the Toussaint one if I yeah, collectors out there. Um, you know, I'm, I think in this is probably a good vinyl to have, or you know, if you have from Whisper to a Scream, or whatever that other one. Sweet was, Touch of Love. If you have any, 
Yeah, sweet touch of love. If you have anything like that, it might that might be worth some money. It might be rare, but I don't know. You know, I haven't I haven't researched that. A lot of these vinyl, you know, originals that we're of the albums we're talking about are hard to get. So, you know, they are valuable. So, collectors of out there, if you have stacks of vinyl, maybe if you see that we're reviewing this, maybe look and see how much it's worth. <laughs> So, um, I liked every song on this album. I thought he did an excellent job. It's No, it's not a five-star album. But as a debut album, I thought he knocked it out of the park. And, you know, I, I felt like I was given too high a score. But I went back and listened. And I just, I really like it. And I think I like Alan Toussaint as far as the New Orleans musicians so far that we've listened to. He might be my favorite so far i don't know you know i i liked the other artists as well but i don't know i, I really like him uh for me this is four and a half stars so what did you give it well i i agree it's not a perfect album and i originally gave it four but i can't give it less than you i'm the new orleans musician girl <laughs> no i thought it was very enjoyable and deserved at least four but I think it deserves a little bit better than that as well. So I am also going to go with four and a half. Yeah, it's it's really good. And you're you're going to come away once you've listened to it with a smile on your face. Because it's it's happy. Even the like the soulful songs. I say that, you know, with the lisp. <laughs> soulful songs. Um, even those, you know, they have a bit of just. It's not, not lighthearted, but it just has a light feel. It's not a heavy album. It's bouncy. <laughs> Which I, I like. Yeah. And you're going to, I think you're going to take it for, away from that, you know, that little bit of energy. It's energetic. But yeah, I liked it quite a bit. I mean, obviously, four and a half stars. I don't know if I liked it as much as the next album we're going to talk about. Spoiler alert, ahead of time. But... uh. I don't know, it's it's a different style album, so it's hard to compare this this album we're getting ready to talk about to to Sant. It's just it's a t it's a different animal. So it's more personal preference on what you enjoy or when you're when you're getting into things like this. But objectively this is still an excellent album. The album that we're gonna we're gonna talk about next though is Budgie. And it's self titled Budgie. I had to look up where these guys were from. <laughs> I thought they were a German band first. No, actually, they're Welsh. <laughs> Welsh heavy metal band. And I'd call them Led Zeppelin light. <laughs> the more I listen to it. Now, there's elements. Uh, they, they, they're their own thing. I don't want to just like take away from these guys because excellent. But. I do hear a bit, maybe a lot of bit of a Led Zeppelin influence. It's it's just there now. You know the this vo the vocalist is not as strong vocally as Robert Plant, but he does hold his own on this album. I really wish production wise, maybe they had brought his vocals out a little bit more. But you know it's heavy metal. You wanted back then. You wanted the guitars to be loud. And you wanted it to have a loud sound. And sometimes the vocals didn't always get boosted as much as maybe your guitar. And the bass in this, because your bass guitarist is also your vocalist. Which is which is awesome. I love bands like Glenn Hughes, you know, that we've already talked about. Uh, amazing vocalist. He's a bassist as well. And what um I want to compare this band to Rush. In some ways, too. I think that vo the vocalist has hits the high notes, maybe not as much, you know, as Getty Lee. <laughs> but, but the but once again, bassist is your lead vocalist. So maybe a little bit of like a mash of Rush with Led Zeppelin with with that you know that early seventies metal vibe to it. So I don't know. I, I really like it, but I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go through the personnel of Budgie real fast because I had never heard of this band other than 
I have heard of this band in name because a friend of the podcast, Rick Morgan, actually I interviewed him for another podcast, Rants and Random Ramblings, that I had before this podcast that we're doing, which was actually the inspiration for this Chord Chronicles. And he named 70s bands that maybe were lesser known that I needed to check out. And Budgie was one of the the big, you know, recommend recommended bands. As well as, um, darn, Cactus. Trapeze, Cactus, yeah, Trapeze, Cactus, and Budgie were the three big, you know, other than like, you know, bands that maybe we had, we had heard, you know, but then there are, there are a couple more, like mm-hmm. Fanny, it's a really awesome band that we had last year that I, I hope they have more albums, but Budgie was one of the uh, the bands that Rick pointed out to me, and I've learned that when he recommends a band that, that he thinks I'm going to like, I'm probably really going to like it, and that's true with this album and this band. It's a three-piece, and I was surprised by that because of the sound <laughs> that they got, and you have Tony Borg on guitar, Burke Shelley is your bassist, vocals, and he plays Mellotron. And you have Ray Phillips on drums and percussion. So, three-piece. I can't, I can't believe that. Now, um, it's a short album. I'm going to say that. It's, it's not long. Yeah, like, the, like uh, there's only, there are a couple longer songs, but the album overall isn't very long. I didn't feel like, but I do like, (laughs) I do like a couple of the titles. I'm going to point out one just in particular. That's new disintegrating parachutist woman. (laughs) I I don't know where they got it from. Um, I think this band probably were competing with black Sabbath a little bit as well, but they don't have, they have a little bit of the heavier sound, but they have the vocalist doesn't have like the Aussie like the they're not going for the evil. <laughs> like none of these songs really have that. They're not talking about, you know, anything dark or anything like that. But it it, it does have a very hard rock, heavy metal, like this whole album for the most part. There's a little interlude, like everything in my heart on side one that just before they go into something, you know, the author and it makes, it starts out a little bit slow. So it's a little bit progressive in that aspect that they do build up a little bit. They don't just right out the gate hit you with it, but I don't know. I'm really looking forward to what these guys have in store because they have more albums and I had to look up what Budgie was. It's a bird. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's like a little, just a little, just bird. So I thought that was kind of funny because the the sound that these guys have. But I really don't have much else other than I I had heard of this band also because they have a song, uh, Crash Course in Brain Surgery. But, you know, we'll get to that later. It's on one of their later albums, I believe in, nine, in like 74. But Metallica covered uh, that song and then and also a song that's not on this album it's on the it's on the Spotify playlist it's the very last song it's homicidal suicidal it wasn't included on it actually it shows up that it's included on the, on on this listing a couple lists that I've, I've found doesn't show it well that song I had already heard because <laughs> <laughs> Soundgarden, Chris Cornell. Uh, you know, it's a pretty close cover. I heard I heard the Soundgarden version first, obviously. But I don't know, it's a pretty close cover. I thought I thought they did it justice and didn't try to go too far outside on it. Like it's a solid song. Now I don't I don't know though. Um I uh I don't really have much more I can say about this album other than I've played this album pretty continuously in the mornings 
as a good way to get going, especially uh, like the first song, Guts. I really like it. It's got it's got high energy, and you don't want to play it driving too much because you'll <laughs> your foot will get a little heavy on the accelerator. But um, yeah, it's what <laughs> I think. Uh, I'm just gonna read this verbatim. It says sounds criticized this album as being somewhat nondescript, but praised it for having a lot of good-natured foot-tapping music, and concluded, I certainly find it infinitely preferable to Black Sabbath, and I have a feeling that Budgie may develop into something a lot more interesting. So, <laughs> I don't know about the Black Sabbath thing, because I like both those bands equally, but uh, and Black Sabbath's got to be a little bit better than Budgie and me, but, uh, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm anxious to hear what these guys have else because i know a couple you know crash course and brain surgery already so but you know what did you think about it well i went in not really knowing much of anything about them i was pretty sure they were heavy metal or hard rock and i felt like i had probably heard of them somewhere before couldn't quite put my finger on where i'm glad that you mentioned you know rick morgan because that's where I listened to that episode of your podcast. At the time, I was thinking, you know, maybe it was because of the Metallica cover or Soundgarden, because I have been interested in both of those bands since I was a kid, and my brother, that weirdo, was listening to them on MTV. But, yeah. I I recognized the name just slightly. But other than that, I didn't really know what to expect. They are... Heavy metal, hard rock, and they are really good at it. I I also mentioned in my notes that they're Welsh because that's unusual. Like, we haven't had a lot of Welsh bands. I'm not sure we've had any. Um, we've had a lot of English, a couple Irish, of course some American, and a few other places, but I'm not sure if we've reviewed anything else that was Welsh. So, just kind of unusual. That stuck with me. I thought that the guitar was really good. It really shined in this album. And, you know, I've mentioned it before when we reviewed other stuff. I really love great guitar work. So, I really appreciated that. I actually got a, some hints of Pink Floyd in the author. Um, it's a totally different type of guitar work, but it just reminded me somehow of Pink Floyd. And it was good throughout. You know, Luke also pointed out Led Zeppelin influence in the author. You know, I could hear that as well in parts of the guitar and in the vocals. And again, you know, I could hear Zeppelin in New Disintegrating Parachutist Woman. And some Sabbath. I could hear some Sabbath in that one as well. Which, as it turns out, does make sense because this album was produced by Roger Bain who was the producer for Black Sabbath. You know, I thought... You know, I didn't like it as much as you. I'll just throw that out there. But I thought it was really technically good. The skill was there. Especially the guitar, but it was all good. The only problem for me is the songs weren't super engaging. Like, they were good, but they weren't really memorable to me. So... And that kind of lowered the score a little bit. Well. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, I'm so it? turned on. Mm. But no, it, it does seem like you know, they didn't have a lot of success in the U.S. beyond influencing a bunch of later artists. And that's a little sad to me. You know, I was a little disappointed to see that they didn't do much in our country. You know, past this album, and neither did any of the members as solo artists, because I do think that they're very good. You know, I just think they needed a little something more to make their songs stand out and be a little bit more memorable. But it seems like they did have some success in the UK, it just didn't translate as well over across the pond over here in the US. If I'm wrong about that, you know, some listener please let me know. I didn't see them on any charts here. But I do think that they had the skill to do well, you know, and I am interested to hear what comes later, because I do think that they are 
very, very talented. I think this is another one of those albums that you can point out as the birth of heavy metal. I would say that. If there if this album didn't exist, I don't know. Maybe heavy metal wouldn't have went the way it went in a lot of ways. You know, I think this was a big one too. When you when you look at lists of top albums of of nineteen seventy one, this is pretty high up there. I was surprised when I went and looked, you know, because it's right there among the known names. You know, we've like what uh, Ram that we talked about, we've talked about, and stuff. It was around that album. It was around that listing. I want to say this album on the top five hundred albums, or I can't remember. Yeah, it, I, th- I want to say it was a Rolling Stone thing, but it may not have been. But when you when you can Google the top albums of nineteen seventy one though. And Budgie's going to be right there in the list in the top 30. So if that is not a, you know, enough endorsement right there, because it is, and the production was good. Other than, like I said, the, the vocals, I wish they would have came forward a little bit more with them, but I understand, you know, I get it, but, <laughs> and you know, maybe if the vocals came, were forward a little bit more, they might have been a little bit more engaging. Because the guitar is engaging, but it feels like there's a little bit of disconnect between those guys. But he's also playing bass guitar, yeah, too. That's hard to do. Yeah. So, you know, hindsight, 2020, armchair quarterback in here. But I don't know. Like I said, I already said it before I even started talking about this album, really, that I liked it. It's probably my favorite of the week. I know it's the one that I've listened to the most and just putting it on. But this is another four and a half star for me. But what did you give it? <sighs> That's a tough question. <laughs> As is so often the case with me, I'm between scores. They're so good and talented technically. They deserve to be scored accordingly for that. So they are getting a good score. But the songs weren't that engaging or memorable to me, so... You know, if I'm not going to listen to them again, yeah, I would hesitate to score it too high. You know, I score on two different criteria of equal weight. You know, technical proficiency and engagement. For me, engagement was only a three. Technical is somewhere between four and four and a half, probably. So, I'm somewhere between three and a half and four, but... I'm rambling. I'm going to go ahead and be generous and give them four because I do think that they're very talented. I I think it would be at least three and three quarters, so I'm going to round up. And I do recommend it for anybody that is into heavy metal, especially if you're interested in the, the technical skill and how people play their instruments. You know, If you're not just a casual listener, then definitely listen to it. But I'd recommend it to everybody at least once. But anyway, I rambled. Four stars. Yeah, I was impressed to find out it was a three-piece band for the amount of sound that they got. So, yeah. um, My favorite album of the week and one I will definitely come back to. So, highly recommend Budgie. Budgie, and I want to... You know, I think it's 72, so we have to wait a year. As I bump the microphone, I'm going to love to... That big spike in my audio, guys. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> oh, so unprofessional. But I'm I'm looking forward to Squawk. I think it's the next album that they have, but we have to wait until 1972. So that'll be next year. But the next album that we're going to talk about is a band that I thought I had heard of, I wasn't quite sure until I heard one of the songs on this album. So that was convenient. (laughs) (laughs) This one also came out in June of 71 and it's Rare Earth. The album is One World. And I thought we may have had a Rare Earth album before, but maybe not. But, you know, I knew them, like I said, because of one of the songs on this album. And 
I'm just going to go ahead and you know say it. It's I just want to celebrate. I mean, that's like a top ten gold certified hit. I mean, this is it's. I think it's probably their biggest hit. I mean, I, I you know, if I pulled up the Spotify list, it's probably that's probably the most played song from Rare Earth. I may be wrong, but um, I know there is. Well, there's at least one or two covers on this album. I did say that because the first song on this album is a Ray Charles song that I was already familiar with. And that's What I Say. And I just want to celebrate, obviously. So I already knew two of the songs. And I'm, I'm going to point out real fast um, who Rare Earth, the personnel is, because... I guess I wasn't as familiar with them as I thought I was before. Uh, you have Gil Bridges, <laughs> Woodwinds, backing vocals, percussion, and flute. So that's a busy guy. Yeah. You have Ray Monette, guitars, and backing vocals. That that does sound familiar to me, but I don't know why. Mark Olson, keyboards, and backing vocals. Everyone sings on this in this band, by the way. John Persh, bass, guitar, and backing vocals. Pete Rivera, drums, lead vocals, and percussion. So this is a band that has a drummer that sings, kind of like Genesis or Phil Collins, just to name one, you know. But And then you have Ed Guzman, conga and percussion. So if you notice I said percussion, 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 there's lots of, lots of percussion in this, and it's not your traditional percussion and it's it's listed as rock and maybe you know like i just want to celebrate definitely i would call it rock but there's some elements of i don't know it's not funk but but the drum arrangements and the percussion in it it has like a funk feel to it maybe this is rock because it's white guys doing it and I, I don't mean that in any kind of way, but, you know, it, it, maybe that's the only reason it's listed as rock. Because this is, is, is this not like a Motown sound oh, in a way? Oh, it definitely is. And they did Motown covers. I mean, yeah. So it's like, uh, it's not the blue-eyed soul, obviously, but cause <laughs> this is white funk. <laughs> and not like, um, oh man, I'm forgetting his name. That's terrible to me. Edgar Winter. <laughs> <laughs> not like that but um that's what i would call this in a way it's rock but it's it has a like the percussion has a funk kind of feel to it it's it's a one once again it's one of those albums that has lots of energy and you leave feeling like happy in a way like energetic and it's it's just a good album for that it wasn't my favorite album of the week but that doesn't mean it's it's not good because it's really good. It's just because we had some really good albums this week. I chose Will. You did. Oh, hold on. This is, is, is somebody bumping music in addition? Not only is he obnoxious with his loud truck, but he has a system, ladies and gentlemen. Let everyone hear it all. He was playing what? Uh, what do you think? Um... Maybe some gospel? No, I'm sure it was country rap. Maybe some crap. You're right. Hip-hop? Terrible. <laughs> terrible music. Terrible. I know I'm getting old, but it's terrible. <laughs> On a side note, if anyone's a fan of hip-hop, be sure to go to YouTube, look up Dax, and look up the next rap god. That's a modern music that you might want to check out. That's a ten and a half minute freestyle. Excellent. But anyway, we're going to get it back to one world. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't really have a whole lot to say about this one either, other than that I did enjoy it. And I mean, I, I thought we did listen to Rare Earth. Last year, we did have an album. It was Ecology. It was an off the record and it was mine. Yeah. Was it yours? And I think I did listen to a little bit of it and I, I wasn't just enamored with it. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I think I wasn't really enamored with it. I think this is a better album than that one. 
but and I don't know. It looks like we have we won't review the next album that they release because it's Rare Earth in concert. So I don't know what else they released. You know they come out with, but if it's like this, you know I think it's going to be good. But that's really all I have to say about it. Um, you know what do you think about it? I don't have a whole lot to add. I did really enjoy it. You know, like you said, I I did listen to it last year. And I gave it a good score. I think it was a rock. You know, or off the record, that's that's what it, oh hit. That's what it is. Yeah, it was, it was a hit. <laughs> I was yeah, thinking, you know, or... rock horns. Hey. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it was a hit. But I don't remember it all that well. I did remember the band name. I've I've heard them mentioned several times this year. I'm learning. That I really like Rare Earth, even though I had never heard their name until we started the show. But this one, yeah, I thought it was really good. All of the songs were good. I listened to it while I was cooking, and I was dancing around the kitchen. I don't have a lot to say about any of the songs individually, or at least about most of them. I did particularly enjoy what I say, and... I think it was the seed that I really enjoyed. I wasn't looking at the track list because I was cooking, but I'm pretty sure it was that track. And of course, I just want to celebrate. That's a great song. You can't not be happy while you're listening to that song. Yeah, um, I I don't really have much more to add. Like I said, this was probably the weakest of the four for me this week, but don't let that, you know, like, you know, take it, take, don't take anything away from that really, because they're all really good albums. But for me, this is only three and a half stars. So I don't know. You liked it a lot better than yeah, I did. We're, <laughs> What'd you get we're kind of flipped on this one. You know, <laughs> you know, you with Budgie and me with Rare Earth, we're kind of opposites. I, I gave it four. I actually considered four and a half because I did really enjoy it, but I don't think it gets quite that high, but it's a solid four. Yeah, I didn't dislike it or anything, and I really like I Just Want to Celebrate. That's a five-star song. So I felt bad giving them three and a half, but the production wasn't outstanding, I didn't think. So I couldn't give it my typical half star bump that I will on production. So, you know, it was it was okay, but it wasn't great. So that's why I got three and a half. But you know, you still get three and three quarter out of it when we average them together. So I still recommend everyone check out the album itself. Not just I just want to celebrate. Because I don't think you're gonna be disappointed. It, it's one of those happy you're gonna go away feeling happy. Just like <laughs> The final album that we're getting ready to talk about. I've been anxious to talk about this band since I first, I believe it was off the record for me that I reviewed. And I don't even remember the band's name right now. It's not coming to my mind. I reviewed an Afro-British rock band already. Asagai? Was that it? Yeah, Asagai. Yeah. If you haven't heard Asagai, it's A-S-S-A-G-A-I. Um, check that out. It's really good. Really fun. They they sing in English for the most part. I believe there may be one song that they're speaking. Hmm. I don't know which African dialect, so I don't want to be disrespectful. I can tell you the band we're getting ready to talk about are Ghanaian, you know, Ghani, like Ghana. <laughs> and I don't, is Ghana even a country anymore? Honestly, I'm not sure. I would have said yes if you hadn't asked, but maybe... I mean, it was when I was a kid, but that doesn't mean it is now. It, that, I mean, that just shows, I mean, you know, my ignorance, because I don't pay as much attention to geography like I used to. But I, I mean, Africa's changed quite a bit, and... And I mean, India and all like like India has changed because when you go look for names of cities, <laughs> they've changed. But you know, that's just a couple of examples. But you know, like Africa has changed around. They've changed a little bit. But 
if, you know, with that being said, at the time, these guys were from Ghana, and they immigrated, I believe, to Britain. So they were Ghanan English, which I believe that's the first band that's been on Corn Chronicles for sure. But that is the first Ghanan, Ghanian, I guess he would say. I don't know. Ghanan. <laughs> from Ghana. Um, but band, I believe. And it's it, like this is the first Afro rock band that you've had, yeah, I think. I think so. On on chord on chord chronicles, but the sound when you start listening to this album is Caribbean almost in some ways. But I, I've I've danced around it enough. <clears throat> this is Osabisa, and the it's self titled Osabisa. Obviously, I had I didn't know much about this band. This is the other big band besides Osagai. Well, I believe these guys were direct competition, and it's very—they're very similar, very similar to one another. They still have all the percussion. It's—it's it's Afro pop, is what they—they they titled this. But it's there's rock elements in a lot of this this album as well. Strong percussion element. Um, the personnel, I'm gonna try. <laughs> I haven't looked at the list yet. Um, you know, if I mispronounce, then I apologize. I don't believe I will. You have Teddy Ose, it's O-S-E-I, Ose, uh, Teddy Ose. Um, he's tenor sax, flute, African drums, percussion, and vocals. Soul Amarfio. I've never seen that name before. Soul Amarfio, drums, percussion, and vocals. I like this one. Not his name. Well, I like his name, but I like his what he plays. You have Mac Tonta on trumpet, flugelhorn, <laughs> kabasa, not kilbasa, percussion and vocals. I don't know what a kabasa is as far as an instrument. That's a new one for me. So you know, this is why I like I like this. You know, like discovering all these new bands. There's some instruments in this that I've never encountered. You have Spartacus R. That's Roy Bideau on bass guitar and a sort of percussion. Wendell Richardson, lead guitar and lead vocals. Robert Bailey on organ, piano, timbales, percussion, and vocals. And Lofty Lassisi Amao. A-M-A-O. Amao. On tenor sax, baritone sax, congas, and percussion. You notice I said lots of percussion. Yeah, congas and percussion and African drums. And that's what this album's about is And kabasa. That's a percussion instrument as well. It is ah, a well, cylinder wrapped with steel ball chain. So it's a shaker type of thing. You've, okay. yeah, you've seen it I know it what before. that is. Yeah, and I, I, I know the sound of it too in, the, in this music now that I've, you know. Okay. Something we haven't talked about about any other albums is the cover. <laughs> this cover is awesome. I want this as a poster. I can imagine this was popular if people saw this as a poster. Psychedelic. <laughs> it's on, on people's walls. They It is a combination moth <laughs> elephant. Is that what you think? I mean, it's no, not it's a butterfly. A it's more moth. Yeah, it's a moth elephant, a mothophant. Two of those out on the prairie, and it looks Excuse like watercolor. Me. It's an elemoth. Yes, yeah. So I don't know. I want a copy of this album, not only because I think it would be cool to have the vinyl to play, but I want it for the artwork because I want to see what comes inside. <laughs> I want to unfold it and see if there's more artwork. See if it's one of the, you know, the trifolds or whatever. A lot of times these things folded out, these albums. They would fold out and you would get a big poster. Even if it was the same as the, you know, because you would put it on your wall. So that would be awesome. But anyway, I've said enough about the artwork and the band itself. I, I, I was cracking up at a couple of the song titles. No, don't steal my note. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know which one you're gonna talk about. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm only gonna say one then. And no, I'll I've only got one, one, so it's probably the same one. But that's okay. You go ahead. No, there's music for Gong Gong. I don't know what Gong Gong is. Maybe it's celebration. <laughs> Maybe it's relations. I don't know. I don't know. But, um. I like the opening track, The Dawn. It starts out, you know, a little quiet. There's birds. And then you hear him, and then it seems like they're just having fun for a minute. And then they, they get into it. And it's a, it's a surprise. Because when, when I first started, I was like, oh, no, is this just <laughs> going to be... I mean, I will like it, but is this going to be an album of just like some percussion? And all right, that's fine, too, but... Uh, I don't know about a whole album of it. Okay, here we go. And then he, they kick it in. And these musicians are amazing. I'm, I'm really excited about what else they have because they have another album that came out this year. I don't know if I want to try to pronounce it. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I am going to steal your thunder. I am going to steal your no. thunder in your notes. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to. I'm going to let you say it. What was the song that you have a note on? Um, obviously, it's fallacy. And that is not fallacy like a lie. It's fallacy. I'm punny enough and, let's face it, immature enough to appreciate that humor. <laughs> and it was a really good song, too. It was really catchy. Yeah, it was. It was, and they, But they keep saying fallacy. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of funny. I would like to go through and find out what the translation for a couple of these songs, because they don't sing all in English throughout this album, but it, it doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't take away from the experience, but you, but you know what I mean, being an English speaker, not knowing what someone is singing, sometimes people may get taken out of the of things, but with the overall vibe, knowing this is an African album, it kind of makes sense that they would maybe throw in a little bit of you know Afrikaans. So I mean it just it just fits for me. But Aiko Bi and then was it Aquaba? I'd like to know what those two those words mean. Maybe they're cussing. <laughs> we don't know. Oh my God, I, I you just have, said something so terrible. Well, I might have just hit my, my limit and went over it for the podcast. I may have to put an explicit link on here. I don't know. But this, like I said, this is another one of those albums that it just makes you happy. It, it, like I put this on when I was cooking, I was grilling. It was a good, it was a good like cookout album <laughs> when you're grilling and stuff because the percussions just so get you going and you're happy and just I don't know, I really liked it and it was successful. I mean, on um, the charts on the Billboard 200 in the United States, this made it to number 55. I'm, I mean, that's pretty incredible, honestly. For an, an Afro-pop band from, you know, gone in American, or, I mean, gone in English, you know, to, to cross over, we, you know, a lot of the bands don't sniff the success that we review, that this album hit. So... I mean, it made it to number 11 in the United Kingdom, but it makes sense because it is a British band. And then 13 in Australia. So, and I mean, it made it to 49 in Canada. So this was pretty worldwide. So I don't know if maybe the, the, the record company was pushed a little bit, you know, for them. But I mean, I reviewed on Jeff's Just Jam and a band that was an Australian band. I'm not going to go back, <laughs> but they didn't get as much label support and maybe should have. So, but I, I really did like this album. I like the album artwork and like, it was hard. Like I almost made this a five star. I'm not going to talk about my, my, my actual stars or anything, but it, when I first, because I've not listened to a whole lot of Afro pop, so I don't know how to compare it. It makes it hard because, you know, I can't compare them uh, to any of the other Afro pop other than Asagai. And I don't know, you know, I, I that was rock. It was a hit for me, but I didn't know how to translate it. But 
I'm going to see what, what did you think about it, and then I'll give my stars. Okay. I don't have a whole lot to add. Um, I've got some of the same notes that you did. It just shows that on this one, at least, we are definitely on the same page. But, you know, I don't have a lot to say about any of the individual songs. Just a couple of comments. But, unlike a lot of albums, this time it's not because it's not good. Because it is. It's really catchy. It's very good. I don't know how often I'll come back to it, just because there's so much to listen to, but I did really enjoy listening to it. It's music to move to. Really good guitar. Um, especially in Aquaba, or you know, Aquaba, I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but the guitar actually kind of reminded me of Carlos Santana. So... That is high, high praise there. Like you said, great percussion throughout. I think it really came through in the first track, The Dawn. But it it's throughout the album, and it's really, really good. The horns were well done, too. They were squealy, but not in a bad way. Not in a way that hurt my ears. It was just effective. It was evocative. And I really liked the organ as well. And I also mentioned the cover. I thought that was really neat. It's kind of creepy, but I like how they evoke the feel of that stereotypical, you know, African savannah, you know, look without being super overt about it. It just kind of has that color scheme. It was just kind of cool looking. And I also mentioned, you know, how successful it was. I'm not surprised and yet I am you know I'm not surprised that it did so well because it is good and it definitely deserved that success but you know it's unusual for anything that isn't the typical rock or pop or R&B maybe country but even jazz doesn't normally rank that highly here in the US you know 55 yeah, this is Afro-Caribbean, dancey, jazzy funk, so it's unusual for it to get that high. It's unusual for it to get played at all, to be honest, but they did deserve it, and I'm glad it did because it is really good. It has a way of grabbing you and just making you enjoy it, and that's all I have to say other than my score. And it's funny, we keep saying it's Caribbean, but I think it's probably that Caribbean was influenced by this music. No, I think... <laughs> from this, Well, the, the slaves coming over into the Caribbean would have brought these, these instruments in this percussive <laughs> style. Okay. So, That's true, but... Probably. <laughs> but probably. I said that because when I looked at the band, some of the members were Caribbean. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that. I just, I, I'm, I'm guessing though that's probably, I, because I'm, I'm finding that I'll say stuff like that, and then I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> it makes sense that that uh, it sounds a little Caribbean because I mean Caribbean influence would be, you know, have the influence of the African music anyway, but that's a side note. Um, like I said, I didn't know how to rate this, so I wound up giving it four stars. I don't feel like I'm low on it, but it could have very well been a four and a half star album. But it's just my lack of knowledge of this. <laughs> as Kingston Clark, he likes Osabisa too, and he wants everybody to know it. He did like it actually. Yeah, we put it on, and he likes a lot of this stuff. But um, but yeah, I didn't know really. Like, if, if four sounded too low, but, I mean, it could have just as easily been four and a half for me. But I just, I'm just i just going to go ahead and stay with four. But it's a really good album, and I recommend it highly. But what did you give it? I'm right there with you. you know, it is hard to rank it because it's so different from what we're used to listening to. But I gave it four as well, and I feel like that's fair. Oh, I mean, I highly recommend it. I mean, there's not an album that we had this week that I wouldn't recommend. It's been 
it's been a pretty good run lately that we have had, you know, some really standout albums, though. But I think this is up there as one of the better overall weeks once again. I thought this one hit just right. I don't know when these albums originally did come out, but if they did come out around this time, that would have been a really exciting time to have discovered this stuff, you know, new. Uh, um, We haven't talked about behind the scenes yet what we're going to do solo-wise. If we're going to have solo segments next week, we probably need to (laughs) because of the size of June albums that we have that we have not talked about. But I am going to go ahead and throw out the albums that we will have, at least four of the albums that we have next week. And this may change a little bit, but these four albums will definitely be on the show in one form or another. But we're going to be talking about one of my personal favorites, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, Tarkas. I've already listened to that album, most of it. Didn't mean to. It just happened. (laughs) I may have had Spotify on, and it just played right through the first time that I listened. (laughs) Hey, it was so good, I didn't care. I just listened to it. Like, that's whack. Like sometimes if a band, well, sometimes if a band is overly instrumental, I might not the first listen through, like even listen, like sit there and look and see which track is which I might just sit down and listen to the whole thing as you know, just to get a feel for the, the overall, I guess the vibe as the kids say. But I'll just sit there and I'll listen to the whole thing to get a feel for the whole album. And maybe I might have slipped into about two or three songs of Tarkus. Tarkus being one of them, because that's the first song on the album. It has multiple. It's another one of those songs that has multiple movements, if you want to call it that. So I've listened to Tarkus and maybe the next some of the next track before I realized. But we are going to be talking about that. And then uh, one that I'm excited about, because I'm never heard of them tonto's expanding headband and that's zero time no idea about that one we're gonna have an elvis presley album love letters was it love letters uh as my uh screen yeah love letters from elvis yeah Love Letters from Elvis. Yeah, I knew, I saw something there, but imagine that. He had to put his name on there. It couldn't just been Love Letters. And then finally, we're at least going to have the Osmonds homemade, which is funny because we just had Donny Osmond, Donny Osmond album that wasn't great. So, And we have reviewed an Osmonds album, I believe, last year. And it was it was pretty good. It wasn't bad. It was the White Jacksons. <laughs> the White Jackson Five, in a way, not as good, but yeah, pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, pretty excited to at least listen to the Emerson Lake and Palmer because I know about it, and I want to find out what Tonto's expanding headband is all about. And we might have another album on, you know, this <laughs> on next week because we the way we're gonna do it. If we do solo segments, we'll have probably three albums together and two solo or one solo each so but that's really all i have the rest of the week do you have anything else to add no that's i guess that's all for me we've got to get back to listening we're behind (laughs) we're way behind we need to get caught up on some off the records a little bit we'll see how that goes guys but it's a good thing it's not an audio show because we would be way behind but <clears throat> there's just so much music and so much grown up time hate it but I mean I'm not going to end this week like I usually do because all oh, the mandates are pretty much up and people aren't wink wink vaccinated anyway so I'm just I've you know I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there that I've become slightly jaded slightly <laughs> i'm i'm f- about this <laughs> this situation i am i am vaccinated my wife is vaccinated and my daughter will soon be vaccinated i'm not masking now people have had plenty of time to wear their masks and to get or to get vaccinated or decide if they're going to do that so if now someone gets sick it's on them i've 
took a whole year and no one cares not no one but you know what I mean so I don't go around anyone anyway guys <laughs> very low risk but I'm I'm not wearing my mask at work because I don't I'm not around anyone so we're still required but. because we have some people who are not vaccinated so. but I don't mind you know, I can be a good example for other people <laughs> no yeah if you're uh, you know if you're uh, not vaccinated you know maybe look into it it's kind of you've had plenty of time so I'm uh, I'm, I'm finished being nice about it but uh, I am going to be nice about the music so next week I don't even think I'm going to talk about uh, masks or COVID or anything it's a all music no politics nothing kind of weak so tune in next week because we'll both figure out who in the heck Tonto's <laughs> expanding headband is <laughs> so have a good week <laughs> <laughs>